There's the stretch by Robinson. The 3-0 pitch. Swing a long drive! Phillies Talk Podcast is now listener supported. Just go to our Patreon page at patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Phillies, and you can sponsor this podcast. Welcome to Phillies Talk, the independent podcast from fightingphillies.com, featuring news and views about Phillies baseball. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to the Fighting Fields Phillies Podcast. And welcome aboard this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast for March 9th, 2018. Spring training is well underway, and I would like to invite into the show my co-host here for the past few times, Mr. Matt Vesey. How you doing, Matt? Great, Rich. How you doing this afternoon? Not too bad, not too bad. Well, we're... We're up here in the Philadelphia area, and the Phillies are down in sunny Florida. They're in a better place than us, which is the snow on the ground. It's having a hard time melting. We're getting a little melt with the sun. And turn our clocks, bring our clocks forward tomorrow night. It won't be long, so I'll be out of here and we'll see grass grow, green on the tree. Back to baseball. Yes, indeed. Back to baseball. And uh, as you said, yeah, it's kind of hard uh, for the average Joe to get interested in baseball when we're like going through a snowstorm, going through rainstorms, nor'easters. We have um, promise of another one, although uh, as we talked about before we started the show, uh, the forecasters are staying a little close to the vest on this one. They don't want to uh, alarm anyone. And, of course, we hope that there's no more snow. But, uh, you know, spring training is a wonderful time. Um, if you can get down to Florida, we heartily recommend it to you uh go down soak in the sun uh some excellent play down there in clearwater florida between the phillies and their uh, grapefruit league opponents and uh matt one of the biggest holidays for uh irish people and and people in general uh around baseball saint patty's day coming up soon and uh, it's a great time to go down to see the phillies yeah my wife and i were down there in 2011 uh, the last time, and it was right at St. Patty's Day, and a great experience. Everybody decked out the team and all the fans decked out in these green St. Patty's Day uniforms, memorabilia, paraphernalia, all that. It was a great experience. I would recommend it for anything. Yes, indeed. The, the wearing of the green, everybody uh, in those green uniforms, I'm sure there's a lot of green beer down there as well. There's a little bit of that. A little <laughs> bit. Of, a lot of cold beer, but... I'm sure there's some green beer out at the out at the bars and out at the clubs. Yes, indeed. So uh, spring training well underway. The Phillies aren't doing quite as well as some people would like so far in spring training. And I, I try not to put too much emphasis on how the team does the first couple weeks into spring training, at least. Uh, they're still fine-tuning players, trying to uh, come up with good uh, scenarios for when the season starts. But um, one of the interesting topics you wanted to bring up today on this show was the uh, Phillies infield and how um, how that's changing a little bit. And uh, why don't we start with that? Why don't we go around the infield and um, talk about the uh, 
the new quote-unquote Phillies infield we may be seeing? Well, I think it's a, a topic as a group that isn't getting a lot of talk and a lot of play. Certainly a lot of emphasis on the pitching is expected. There are a lot of questions there. But around the infield, you have a completely new players at two of the positions, and you have some interesting situations at the other two. This is a, there's a, they have a chance to be very dynamic. There's a lot of talent there, but there are also some questions at every position. If you look at first base, this is where they put their money Signed Carlos Santana, a signing that I wasn't and still am not 100% on board with. They're giving him $20 million a year at age 32 to go out there and play good defense and get on base and provide a veteran presence. So he's taking over there. They still have Scott Kingery on the roster, to my thinking should be the long-term first baseman, but they're pushing him out to left field. I'm assuming that we're probably going to see Kingery play some first base probably against some tough lefties, give Santana a break, a deal. Second base, you have Cesar back. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, I've never been a big fan of, but he's got some tools. He's got some speed. Uh, the problem, a problem that Cesar Hernandez is going to run into is the old don't look back, something may be gaining on the Philadelphia Phillies. One of their top prospects is a second baseman named Scott Kingery, who is really playing well this spring. He's one of the top 20 or 30 prospects in all of baseball, and I think he's only going to become more of a story as the spring and the season roll along. We're going to see some type of battle or change there at second base at some point this year, I believe. Yeah. At shortstop, we've got a brand-new shortstop, J.P. Crawford, who has, we've all known has been coming as the top Phillies prospect probably for the last three or four years. Uh, his time is now. They traded Freddie Galvis in the offseason. Gave Crawford the position, so you're going to have a rookie at shortstop, hopefully somebody who will be here for a long time to come. Tremendous talent, great defense, tremendous on-base guy himself. And then you have a third base, the incumbent, Michael Franco. He is absolutely, to me, the biggest question mark on this. This is a make-or-break year for Franco. He's got a ton of talent, but he hasn't put it all together yet. Two years ago, reasonable first full season. It gave us all some hope. Mm-hmm. He was only 23, 24 years old at the time. Right. Last year, you would have hoped for you know a step forward, a progression. Instead, he regressed in pretty much every area of his game and looked awful, looked lost at the plate most of them. So I think Franco is a huge question mark and a huge piece of where the Phillies are going to go over the next couple of years. So big questions everywhere, but... Some interesting talent and interesting situations all around their infield. Yes, there are. And as you said, uh, Carlos Santana, I'm puzzled at this signing as well. Um, as you are, I'm, I'm sort of a critic of it, although I haven't written too much about it or said too much about it on the blog at fightinphillies.com. But I, I just wonder about this move by the Phillies. You have a guy like Reese Hoskins that uh, if you allowed him to play at that position uh, as he was last year most of the year um, that he did play. He did fantastically, and all of a sudden the Phillies want to go in and tinker with that and sort of move him out to left field or whatever field they can find for him now, and they've pushed him out of, of the Phillies lineup. And I'm just I'm very wary of this move by the Phillies. You're bringing in... Um, a guy that's in his early 30s, paying him a ton of money in Santana, and I hope he does well, and I, I he, he better do well for that kind of a pay uh, from the Phillies. Um, 
But you have a guy like Reese Hoskins that's, you know, I've gained a lot of respect for Reese Hoskins, and I've only seen him play 30 or 40 games in a season. And to just put him on the shelf like that for the Phillies uh, and, and sort of toy with with something that could have been great to me is, is a big, big taboo in my book. I agree with you. I don't have a lot more to say. I think you nailed, got the hit the nail on the head there. Santana is past his prime. They've signed him for his age 32 to 34 season. They're giving him $60 million to play from age 32 to 34, which in today's game, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, that may not may have been different when we're talking about the Ped era. Yeah. But in today's game, 32 to 34, you can look around the game and see uh, what happens to players in their 30s. This is a game for for stars in their 20s. Yeah. And given $60 million to a 32 to 34 guy, during his prime, he was a 25 homer, 80 to 85 RBI, less than 250 average guy. There was a time when he was a catcher where you could maybe do away, you know, get away with that. We could catch him for 30, 40, 50, 80 games a year. But those days are long behind for him. He's purely a first baseman. So what they're really paying for is first baseman in his low to mid 30 who might get you 25 homers and 85 RBI and isn't going to hit 250. He's going to get on base some. He's probably going to field his position well. Although we don't know how much deterioration he'll have, even even slightly with his age or in his thirties on his defense, but you're paying past prime money for this guy. Yeah, they're in a financial position so they can afford it, but they didn't need. This is money that didn't need to be spent. You know, you don't just spend money because you have it. You know, Hoskins was here. That's his position. He's not a great outfielder. Sure, Greg Luzinski played left field. Sure, Pete Incabilia played left field. And they won with both of those guys, but you're trying to maximize. You're tr- you're trying to put your team in the best position it can be, and the best position Hoskins can be in is first base. Let him be that slugging, great bat, first baseman. Uh, not worry so much about playing the field. And you had other outfield options that are also young and need to play all the time. So I, yeah. I just agree with you. I didn't see the need for it. It's wasted money. Yeah, it's money they have spent on a couple of arms if they could have gotten them to go for a higher salary short term yeah and we'll see what happens over the next two or three years hopefully we're wrong hopefully and, it's 30 home runs at citizens bank park and yeah and gets to pace a lot and proves a, to be a leader that the, some of these young players need that's i'm sure what the team is hoping yeah and i'm i'm sure that um a lot of the sabermetric stats went into this hiring um of Santana, and I don't blame him at all. I I wholeheartedly support him as a player. Uh, I think it's great that he got the kind of money he got, but I, I just don't see it myself. I'm looking at his stats here as we're doing the show here. Um, last year with the Indians, of course, he's been a lifetime player on the Cleveland Indians since the age of 24. He came up in 2010. Uh, last year he batted, let's see, 259 batting average. He had 94 strikeouts, uh, 23 home runs, and 79 RBI. So um, around the 80 to 85 RBI, RBI mark would be great for him. Of course, the Phillies need to drive in runs, uh, things like that. He's going to have some pop at Citizens Bank Park uh, two seasons prior 
2016, he had 34 home runs, so he does have potential uh, to be a home run hitter for them. But you also have Hoskins, and you may have uh, cost Hoskins dearly. I'm, I'm sure Hoskins probably make the uh, play to go out to one of the fields, left field. I'm sure he's capable of playing it. Um, we'll see this season. And we'll see how the Phillies end up playing him. I I am not uh, of the uh, ilk that thinks that the Phillies are necessarily handling him well. Um, we've seen them do it year in, year out with, with certain players that have potential. They, for whatever reason, want to upset the apple cart with them. And, and as we both just discussed, I think they pushed over Reese Hoskins' apple cart in the offseason. Yeah, I'm not buying that 34 homer season. That's an outlier. I mean, that was his his highest season. It's the only time that he was more that had more than 27 in his career, uh, which he's only done twice. And the guy has had seven or eight full big league seasons. I think seven full big league seasons under his belt. So uh-huh. he averages 25. He's also hit as little as 18 or 19 over full seasons. Yeah. So I think that his whole package. You, know, you have to expect something along the lines of a 20 to 25 homer, 80, maybe 80 plus RBI season out of the guy because that's what he's typically been over his career. And again, as I said, those were in his prime years. We're not getting him his prime years. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a roll of the dice there at first base. And it was a roll of dice I didn't think needed to be made. But again, the team liked a lot of things there. We'll see. So it's a we'll see. But yeah. <laughs> I'm not on board. I'm, I'm not on board, but I'm hoping that I'm wrong. Yes, indeed. And uh, as you said, at second base, we'll have Cesar Hernandez there. All he's done uh, recently for the Phillies has been doing a, a great job. You're, uh, he's not going to go to any Hall of Fame. Uh, we may not say he's one of the best Philly second baseman ever, but he's done a good job for uh, for a certain amount of years for the Phillies so far. Uh, Kingery coming up, uh, the Phillies would probably like to play him as well, but I don't believe he's going to come up with the major league team. Uh, I believe he'll uh, probably go to Reading uh, and not follow the team up this year uh, from spring training. Uh, he's 24 years old his playing age is 24 this year still a very young guy um i'm not so sure that he's ready for a full season of major league baseball uh philly certainly have some high hopes for him and um, best of luck to him over at short as you said jp crawford um freddie galvis off to san diego that's a great move for him it's a small market team freddie galvis i i you know, he's another guy. He he won't be in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. He'll probably never be in the Hall of Fame. But he's a he's a good everyday player, and he's a player that, you know, years ago a team would love to have as a shortstop. They they didn't rely on people at shortstop to drive in runs, uh, be a Superman, so to speak. But Freddie Galvis is very reliable at shortstop, and I wish him well over in. San Diego, and can't wait to see J.P. Crawford. I hope he uh, can um, do well in the majors. And as you said, a big question mark there. Question mark in the in the infield. And over to third base, you have uh, 
you know, you have a guy that was supposed to be a big star for the Phillies, Michael Franco. They tried to trade him. Uh, nobody seemed to want him. Um, and the Phillies still have him. So this is a make-it-or-break-it year for Michael Franco. Yeah, I think there's, with this group, there's some hope here, especially up the middle. You know, you've got, I think, I think that at least a couple of months into the season, or at most a couple of months into the season, we're going to have, given health, we're going to have a rookie middle infield. You're going to see King Green and Crawford in the middle of the Phillies infield. And the hope would be that that's your middle infield for the next six to eight years, right. uh, similar to the Lee Rollins kind of combination. And that's an upside, and if they can get anywhere near that upside, they'll be ecstatic. But those players have that kind of potential. So I think that it's something to look forward to. You didn't have that kind of potential with – Hernandez and Galvet. Uh, these guys do. So Hernandez, he's a good defender. He hits for a good average usually. He's a good on-base guy. He's got some speed, but he doesn't utilize it. Uh, he hit a bunch of triples a couple of years ago, but he's not a double-digit home run guy. He's never driven in 40 runs. And for all of his speed, he's never stolen 20 bases. So if he were a 30-plus steals guy with the average on base that he has, then I could, I think he'd be a lot more valuable, and he might score more than you know the, the run-scored totals that he's put up. Last year, he scored 85, which is perfectly respectable. But in his years before that, 57, 67, I mean, he hasn't really done the job to me. He, he's not a dynamic offensive player. The thing's... The big thing Caesar has going for him is his age. He's not old. Uh, this will be his age 28 playing season. Prime, prime now is more 20 to 30. He'll be right in the, what I think, what I hope happens is Kingery keeps playing really well down at AAA Lehigh Valley, and Caesar plays decently his typical game up here and is valuable trade by the middle of the summer. Somebody at some point is going for a player like that. They may have a hole at second base. If he plays his game, he's got at the right age, and he's got some where he might actually be able to bring them back something of value. Well, it would be interesting to see uh, if the Phillies can um, attract any other teams uh, with some of these players. It didn't go over well last year for them. Um, and another uh, segment, part of this podcast we were going to get into, is starting pitching. The Phillies, in my opinion, desperately need a star pitcher. They need somebody that's a, a marquee name. Uh, talk has been that, you know, the Phillies were interested in Jake Arrieta and maybe time was a concern. Uh, the Phillies may not have wanted to go five years with him uh, at, a, at a multitude of money as well. Um, but they were in the race for him, and they still are. Uh, what's your feeling on the Phillies eventually landing a, a marquee pitcher, a um, a star, so to speak, and not relying on some of these guys that they have been to develop into that status because they desperately need a starter, in my opinion. Yeah, Ariette is an interesting, he's very interesting because he took a long time, injuries and differences of opinion in his role when he was with Baltimore and then when he went first to the, to the Cubs. So he had some struggles for a large part of his, the early portion of his career. But we've all seen him blossom over the last three or four years into one of the top starters in the National League. His problem with that is now he's starting to push 
a bad age as far as de- devoting a lot of big dollars over five, six, seven years. He's going to be pitching at his age 30. He just turned 32 a few days ago. So if he'll be pitching at 32 this year, I don't have any problem paying him some money, 32, 33, maybe even 34, you know, if you want to stretch it. But when you start getting to paying 25, 30 million dollars a year for pitchers at age 35, 36, 37, you're really wrong. If they can get Arietta for three years, and I don't know what the dollars would, but I wouldn't mind overpaying him if I'm not devoting more than three years to uh, let him be the staff ace, slot in Nola at two, and you have something there to. And then maybe, you know, two, three years down the road, if it's going well, you can try to extend him for another year or two uh, if he earns that and he looks healthy and things like that. But I don't know that he's going to settle for that. So Scott Boris is his agent. He's got other teams that are interested, but doesn't seem like anybody's interested in paying him all that money for that length of time. He's at a, he's at a rough spot age-wise to try to get a five, six, seven-year deal. Exactly. And as you said, his agent... Uh, probably a, a, a big impediment. Uh, we've we've seen deals from him before um, not be made. Ryan Madsen, uh, for one, whatever reason, used to retain him uh, as his agent as well. And you know the deal didn't get done with Ryan Madsen becoming the Phillies closer. And that that was probably a good thing for the Phillies, but. Uh, because Madsen got injured shortly afterwards. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a tough thing for the Phillies. If it's not Arietta, they need to go out and focus on someone else. Uh, good pitching, great pitching wins ball games. You're not going to get anywhere with an iffy rotation, with a, a chancy rotation. Uh, if we hearken back to the successful years of the Phillies, um, for the most part, they had some gutsy pitching going on for them. You, you're not going to win without good pitching. It's just plain and simple. Uh, and right. the, the Phillies have had, you know, guys that they've had hopes on and uh, guys that can pitch but haven't been consistent. And uh, the Braves, for example, didn't win all the NL East championships that they won over the years with bad pitching. They just... They dominated with guys like Greg Maddox and uh, names like that. Um, you need a star pitcher on your team. And if you if you don't have one, chances are, or two for that matter, you're not going to go very far. Looking at some of the Philly stats uh, so far in spring training, and I don't want to be negative starting off here. Uh, I just I kind of pay attention to spring training from about March 15th on. I haven't really even watched many games yet. I don't like the constant substitutions, um, although I would like to see it in person. I don't care for it too much while you're uh, watching a game on television. But uh, looking at their stats, the Phillies 27th in runs out of 30 teams so far in spring training. 29th in batting average. They're, need, they're going to need to improve that big time. Um, they're 30th in on-base percentage, and they're 27th in slugging percentage. So, Matt, uh, it seems like we've got a, uh, a team that's looking itself in the mirror and finding it's very much like last year's team so far. Yes, yeah, this is a, they're 6-8. and eight. Uh, If you look at their, you know, their 
you want to look at their record, records in spring training or uh, no, no real reflection. I don't think of most teams' talent, but I look at teams that are at the top of the standings in spring training. You're looking at the Yankees and the Astros over in the American League. You're looking at the Cubs in the National League uh, with the Brewers playing pretty well. These are teams that are going to be contenders this year. Uh, the Phillies are 6-8, and eight, which isn't bad. It isn't good. It's middle of the pack. They're you know, a game, a game and a half out of fourth place overall in the National League. But I, so I don't think I don't think we. It's hard to gauge like really where they are. Kapler is playing guys all over the field, yeah. mixing and matching. He's playing guys out of position, giving guys experience at different spots. He wants to be versatile. He wants to keep guys fresh. That's a big thing with him: health and keeping guys fresh, um, getting versatility. Those are all big things with him. So. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to feel out and watch and see for with his own eyes what does he have, putting guys in different positions. I would, I'm going to put too much credence in anything so far as far as the position players go and where they're playing. I think, as you said, the 15th and beyond, what does he do maybe starting at some point towards the end of next week, maybe next weekend, for those last two weeks of spring training? He's really got to start. And I think you'll see it, using guys more for more innings in the way that he'll use them during the regular season. So I think you'll start getting more of an idea then. There's no doubt that the talent, marquee talent, isn't here that you have on some of those teams, even the teams that I mentioned. So the Phillies are a young team still, very young. Uh, They're going to hopefully grow and develop these youngsters again this season and they're going to make a splash at some point in free agency to push the roster forward that's whether that's a harper or machado or you know somebody like that multiple maybe two bats you know they're going to make a push at some point at some position but i don't think you're going to see it this year at least not for the first few months these first next three four you know, maybe five months are going to be about these young players here taking a beating sometimes, learning, seeing where their real talent is in the major leagues. And the guys who can rise to the occasion and show they belong, they'll stay. And the other ones, I think you're going to start seeing them really start to try to fill in long-term positions by devoting big dollars in the free agent game starting next offseason. Very cool. Well, let's take a break in the podcast here. We'll be back. And on the other side of the show, when we come back from our break, we'll be talking about the 2018 season, uh, when it starts up, who the Phillies' opponents are. We'll be back after a couple messages. Hi, this is Farley. And Mark from Baseball PhD. Thanks for listening to BaseballPodcast.net. Up next, another great episode of Phillies Talk. Hi, this is Gary Matthews. You're listening to Fightin' Phillies Talk Podcast. Brewtown Sports is your source for Brewers news and notes. Join Mr. Brewtown as he keeps you up to date on all the happenings of your Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown Sports. Listen 24-7 at brewtownsports.podomatic.com. Hi, this is Gary Mack of Mets Musing. And you're listening to my good friend Rich Baxter on Phillies Talk, right here on BaseballTalkRadio.com, the home of great baseball talk shows.
back from the break here on Phillies Talk Podcast, talking all about the Philadelphia Phillies. And it's one of the longest-running independent podcasts talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on the Internet. So we hope you enjoy the show. Um, Do us a favor and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, whatever uh, outlet you're listening to the show on. There is also a YouTube channel for Fighting Phillies podcast. You can check that out. Some uh, special interviews there and things that you may not hear on this podcast. So pop on over to there and uh, hit the subscribe button. You'll get updates from Phillies Talk podcast. And uh, check out BaseballTalkRadio.com as well. It's the home for great baseball talk shows. A lot of them, the majority of them, are independent shows just like the one you're listening to here. And uh, a ton of great baseball talk. You could literally uh, binge on listening to baseball right there at BaseballTalkRadio.com. There's just hours of uh, great entertainment to be had there. Well, Matt, uh, we, we went into the break talking a little bit about the Phillies and how they can improve and uh, different guys they may be adding. Well, you know, we're, we're roughly... Uh, 20 days away from the start of the season. It's hard to believe, uh, but the Phillies will be opening up the season on Thursday, March 29th, down in Atlanta, 4.10 p.m. Eastern Time is the start. Uh, Only 20 days away. Yeah, three weeks from today, they'll be getting ready for their second game of the regular season, three weeks from today. Wow. Not uh, far away. No, it isn't. And the Phillies went, you know... They didn't always do this, but they announced Aaron Nola is the starter already, and they're they're putting a lot of eggs in his basket by, you know, giving him the starting opening day role. Good for him. I hope he does well um, down in Atlanta. Uh, I'm just checking the tickets. It's very curious. There's 3,300 tickets available right now for that opener in Atlanta. Do you think the ship has sailed on the Braves fans down there? You know, Rich. That's always been a tough sell down there. They were never a big sellout fan base with the Atlanta Braves. They make a lot of noise with their chop and all that, but as far as sellouts go, they're that's not their you know, that that's not what they're known for. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that they still have all those seats, and they'll probably. I mean, they have another two or three weeks. They'll they'll get a walk up crowd. So I would be surprised if that opening day wasn't a, a sellout for them, or at least close to it. Yeah, and of course, uh, that's the opening weekend for the Phillies, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, March 29th, 30th, and 31st, facing off against the Atlanta Braves down there in the south. And then the Phillies fly up to New York to take on those New York Mets uh, Monday, April 2nd, Tuesday, April 3rd, and Wednesday, April 4th. So uh, two National League East matchups to start off. And then, of course, the Phillies come home for the home opener Thursday, April 5th, uh, 3.05 p.m. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, the Phillies open up in Philadelphia. And that's always a great game to take in if you get the opportunity. Uh, Opening day is such a great time at uh, Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, it's kind of weird that opening day schedule. All of Major League Baseball, for the first time ever, is opening on the same day, uh, that's that game on March 29th, and that's a Thursday this year. But the weird thing is they were playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 
then the Phillies are off on Sunday, April 1st. Mm-hmm. Is that an April Fool's joke? <laughs> That's, when are you off on Sunday in the yeah. baseball season? That is unheard of. Yeah. So that's going to be the only time unless they get rained out or otherwise postponed they don't play in the regular season on a sunday like i said that'll be a travel day and then they go to the mets face the marlins and the reds for their first homes they'll actually have the chance i don't know i doubt he'll do this but he could start nola which he is in that opening game on the 29th against the brave and then they'll have three days of rest i don't Curious to see how that rotation spreads out. I mean, you'll have Nola unless they do sign an Arietta. I mean, if that if that is the case, if they sign a veteran, that veteran may go on the thirtieth if enough spring training work in. And you're going to see somebody like Eikhoff and Velasquez maybe against the Braves on the thirtieth and thirty first. So when you come here for the when they go to New York, you're probably talking about. Nola is going to start, I would guess, the third or the fourth against the Mets. So you're not going to see Aaron Nola in that the Marlin. I'll, be, I'll just be curious to see how he lines up that starting rotation. Yes, indeed. It's going to be interesting as well. Uh, Gabe Kapler, the new Phillies manager, we heard a lot of great talk from him uh, leading up to the start of the season. We, I still like what I hear from him. Um, he's very... Um, rah 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 type of guy i guess you could say and uh he's a motivational speaker as well you know but you know after upon hearing him speak at the ballpark a few weeks ago uh in person my mind wandered back to the 93 team and i wondered how a guy like uh crook or dalton would have taken this kind of a manager you know in their careers and what they would do and go back and say to one another about, you know, oh, who's this guy? You know, like, <laughs> they were... Uh, yeah. they were it's uh, crazy just to think, Rich. That was a whole other era, you know. It's 25 years ago now. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't... Those those are different ball players. Uh, most of them were veterans at the time. Fergosi was probably a perfect kind of manager for them. More of an old school, you know, grizzled kind of guy. These here are young, a lot of young, impressionable players. They came up in that analytics era. They were raised in that inter- internet analytics, social media era. Uh-huh. I think Kapler is going to relate really well to this era of gut player, this era of guy. Um, some of the older players, I mean, if you look around the team, really, I say some of the older players, they really don't have two other players. Maybe some of the bullpen arms, but... I think he's going to be fine as far as relatability. It's going to be interesting to me, Kapler, and how the team actually responds, not maybe right now because it's very, very early. We're not going to know anything days or weeks or even a couple months, but how the team responds this year and over the next two or three years to Gabe Kapler, his style, how he reacts to the of a long baseball season with his type of personality, how that relationship between Kapler and the dynamics of the everyday game as a manager relating to players, how does all that work out over the next two, three years is going to tell a big part of the story of where this team is going for the next half decade or so. And how long will the Phillies fans give a free pass to management upper management i'm speaking about uh the gm the president um even ownership you know 
just a few years ago, if the Phillies did poorly, you, you had a, a, a big vocal voice. That vocal voice has sort of whimpered a little bit. It's been kept in the back. Nobody's been saying anything. But I think if the Phillies don't improve very well this year, you're going to hear a different different song from the crowd, uh, so to speak, by middle of the season, by the All-Star break. If the Phillies aren't anywhere in contention or look much better, I think you're going to have, have a vocal group of fans that are going to demand uh, something change within um, especially upper management. I mean, you know, they've been at this now for for a few years now, and the Phillies have been in last place for for several years. They've kind of been an embarrassment, if you ask me. Yeah, they're on the clock, certainly, as an organization. <laughs> There's been some patience. I think everybody was in agreement that they started a little bit late in recognizing when the old era, the Howard Utley Rollins era, was ending. They clung to that a little too long, but that's, you know, we're not going to beat a dead horse there. Uh, it set the organization back a couple of years. Players like Dom Brown not developing. Mm-hmm. There was a transitional period where I think they stumbled more than they believed they would. So it took some time to recover from all that. And I think, as you said, the fan base has been somewhat patient for the most part, but clearly they're on the clock now. As you yeah. said, five straight years. I believe three of those were last place years, and the other two were fourth place. They None of them, I mean, they haven't sniffed contention. I think they had a couple of hot starts in yeah. the last couple of years, but though, even those hot starts looked like, when you looked at the talent and looked at the talent of the rest of the league, it looked like that's all they were, were hot starts. So now this year is different. This year, or we have the young players that we've been building, accumulating the minors. They're coming, the, the Crawfords, the Kingaries, you know, some of the pitchers that are starting to come out. Alfaro, we're starting to see a a nucleus of youngsters getting their first real shot now as a group. So we all understand these youngsters have to play. It would be a major step back for this organization if in July we're talking about a last-place team or fourth-place team that's losing and these players look lost. As long as it looks like, hey, these guys are fighting hard, we're seeing their talent, uh, they're, they're even if it's just around the 500 mark, you know, they're battling around that 500 mark. If we're seeing that kind of thing, then I think there's a lot of hope and excitement for the future. No matter what happens, front, front office ownership's on the clock. If you look at where their payroll is and just understand this market, how much of a, a bankroll that Citizens Bank Park is down there, we all saw what happened when you put a winner in that park. You're going to get an easy... Three million plus, three and a half million fans into there. If you give them a product, that's going to generate more money for you. And so they have a chance to. They're going to get a certain amount of fans anyway. Right. They have a lot of money to spend. There's a, a tremendous resource in the ballpark. They they seem to have a will to win. The owner seems like he wants to win. Middleton seems like the right guy to me. Right. So I really think that. Uh, I think that we're on the verge of something here. Just, yeah. Let's cross our fingers and hope. Absolutely, and I'm I'm tuning into the broadcast right now as we're doing this podcast. Uh, the Phillies taking on the Pirates, and they just had an interesting uh, uh, blurb up on the screen with the the terrible Phillies batting averages so far this season. Uh, Two eleven seemed to be about the consensus 
of this team. And again, I don't I don't take too much into the first two weeks of the season. I basically throw that out of the window. So I don't even like to look at stats per se. But um, you know, certainly I hope in the next uh, starting around around St. Patty's Day and on, the Phillies should start to bear down and and play a little bit better, hopefully. And we'll have to see if that translates into the regular season. And just a quick note here. Um, I just read this the other day. The Phillies offering an April package of games, $50, the ballpark pass. Um, for 50 bucks. you're going to get uh, admission into all of April's home games, which is, let's see, according to the advertisement here, it says... Um, 14 games or 14 games so you would see the Miami series Cincinnati Reds Pittsburgh Arizona and the Braves so an excellent opportunity there for you if you uh, have some time you want to go out to a couple games for 50 bucks you can sign up for the Phillies spring ballpark pass 15 games for only 50 bucks so uh, get your tickets quickly for that because I know uh I wanted to do that one year, uh, I believe it was last year in the fall, and I kind of waited on it, and then it was sold out. So uh, if you're thinking about it, hop on there over to phillies.com, the regular Phillies website, and buy your ticket. Great deal. Yes, indeed. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for uh, joining me on this podcast, the Phillies Talk Podcast. Why don't you tell our listeners how they can catch up with you uh, on social media and your writing on the Internet? The two main places that they can always catch me, Rich, are on Twitter at Matthew Vesey, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-V-E-A-S-E-Y. So I'm at Matthew Vesey on Twitter. And my website is mattvesey.com, V-E-A-S-E-Y.com. And I haven't done a lot of baseball writing over the last few months, but that's going to be changed. You're going to be seeing a lot more baseball as the season draws closer. I'll be doing some preview stuff uh, towards the end of the month when we get to see how the Phillies are doing, deals and health. Right before the season starts, I'll be doing some serious previews and a prediction piece. So a lot of baseball coming up. That's awesome. Well, Matt, thank you very much again, and uh, I'll be talking with you uh, throughout the Philly season. Can't wait for uh, the regular season to start. Sounds good, Rich. Stay tuned for more Phillies baseball talk on the next Phillies Talk podcast.